welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. And there it is. Bam. Flawless. It has only taken six weeks to get it to be flawless. But we have done it. I've done it. I'm taking full. No, I'm not taking full credit. There's a whole team of active individuals behind the, the scenes. I got the question and the link all pinned before. Did. Look, we almost match. I have tie dye on. You have camouflage because it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> Those are camo is very loving it is you can't it's hide sign. it's a symbol of love is that what you're saying i'm saying it's a symbol that you can't hide your love from me true um <laughs> all right so i don't know what that was welcome everyone before we get started i want to say that my name is cj reynolds and i run this youtube channel called real rap with reynolds and that has everything to do with real talk and not rapping don't possess that skill so um this is our gesture uh are, are to help you to be the teacher you were called to be so what this is is like every sunday at 1 p.m for like the last four years now at least maybe almost five like we're, we're it's been it's been a minute um i think shut this up is everywhere. our fifth i think this is our I think technically it is. our our fifth season it used to be teacher talk live then it be where i had guests and then that the really the technology didn't really exist yet and it was a really large pain in my butt um and so now we do it like this but now we have you on if you want to come on you can come on and i'll talk about that in just a second but it it is this is like an expression of care to create the safe space for teachers to talk about um to think about to explore to get ready for the next week now even though it's valentine's day and even though we have off tomorrow in the united states for president's day i think everybody has off for president's day um, or as I call it at school, Herbert Hoover Day, because that's weird and it confuses the kids. And they don't know who that is. And I tell them that we vacuum all day. That's what we do on Herbert Hoover Day in the Reynolds household. Um, it is a space where you can just ask any question. There is nothing off the table. So you show up here, tell a friend, bring someone from your school that's been struggling, you know, uh, I don't know. Or maybe you're, I, there's people that watch the channel that aren't even teachers. So t tell, tell a teacher that you need some help and like, uh, that, or that they, you know, that not that they need some help. <laughs> get some help. Um, you can just send them the link and they can come check it out and they can ask their question and get it answered. So the way that you do that is in the in the little section, I don't know, on the side, the bottom, wherever you're, you're your viewing this. You can section. view this on Facebook or you can view it on YouTube as well. Uh, just drop your question in there with the letter Q before it or the word question so that the team can see it. We got people all over the place. Um, my buddy. Laura is over in the Facebook realm, um, sort of situating that. Um, the wife, not so secret wife, is over here on YouTube. And Edie just, Edie is the... Uh, she's everywhere. She's the wedding director. That's what's happening right now. <laughs> she is the producer of this whole situation. Um, and then I just sit here and, and talk. But I'm feeling fired up. You know why? Because I have off tomorrow. I'm feeling fired up because I have off tomorrow. And Sundays, when you have off on Monday, is just... So, um, let's get into it. But before we get into it, can I tell everyone something before we do this? Because yeah, I just want everyone know to know, because I forget to say, you never know what I'm going to say. It could be about bananas. <laughs> I want everyone to know that we have a newsletter now. And I know that other people have newsletters. I'm just saying, I really like my newsletter. Uh, this was Edie's idea. 
And the whole idea here is um, stuff. So I'm real. I'm trying to really dial into like, um, I don't think teaching is just pedagogy. I think there's another layer there where can you carry the responsibility that you've been given and how do we carry the responsibilities that we are given or the responsibilities that we take on. And so that is building yourself up, trying to become the best possible version of yourself. Um, Cause education is always only ever about kids. Yes. We say that all the time, but if you don't, you know, like Elise says, if you don't have any gas in the car, it's not going anywhere. So you got to like fill it up and, and let your, I was talking to someone about this this week. If you, if folks would just look at it, like, if you fill yourself up so much that everyone around you, from your spouse to your children, to your students, to your neighbors, to the people that are at the grocery store checking out your, your stuff, they are experiencing the overflow of the love and care that you give yourself. I think that's that's how I'm choosing to look at it. And so um, there's a million ways to do that, uh, but I just think that that is, um, the, the newsletter is, is one way that we're trying to help folks to do that and there's a whole bunch of others and i i need to go into those right now um what am i looking at chris Carson's oh i see chris carson down there. there ready are, are we ready yeah go for oh, it first we're just, oh it's here carson got in there first um i told you i got that link in there fast <laughs> good day sir how are you man i am what? awesome how are you doing dude that thing that you put in the group the picture of the bernie sanders like snowman thing was so I had to save it so I could share it on social later. I just thought it was the funniest there thing. There you go. So, um, that was not your creation, was it? Or was it? No, it was not. All right, all right. We're not getting snow Monday and Tuesday. We're getting ice. Oh, well, in, in Alabama, you get rain or you get a little snow and it melts quickly on the ground, and then the wind makes it ice, and so it's a skid fest. All right. That's uh, it reminds me of that scene from To Kill a Mockingbird, which I believe was in Alabama, also, yeah. uh, somewhere down south, right? It was that Alabama, and so they it was, uh, it was Alabama, it snows, and it's like kind of muddy snow, but it's like you know, when you're a kid, you play with what you got, so that's that, but right. Um, so what's going on, man? What, what are we talking about? Well, first of all, I've got to say, I have, I have started a highlighter collection. My plan is to have the largest collection of highlighters in the world. Mark my word. Okay. I will highlight those words. No, that was it. Yes, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> okay. So I watched your lovely video with your enormous 12,682 foot TV. And uh, I have some suggestions for us normal people. Yes. Because we're going to start calling you the king of all teacher media. But other than that, what, what, what do you hope for if you're one of us that has an old beat up TV in your room and it works about a third of the time? Um, <clears throat> we started doing this last year. Uh, the district bought 65 inch TVs for all the rooms. They're smart TVs. And with a smart TV, you can hook it up to the Internet or I have mine hard, hardwired into the uh internet and the world wide web and uh by doing that you can connect an ipad to it and it mirrors what you're doing and you can sit or watch the kids and be facing them and write on your ipad 
and it shows up on the screen. So you're not working on the screen and then turning around to see the kids mm -hmm. going crazy. Uh, you can also hardwire it uh, a laptop in. And this is true for most any TV, smart or stupid, okay? So you can go in and connect it with an HDMI cable. There are dongles for every kind of iPad or laptop or uh, tablet out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can get an old tablet and make this work, okay? You don't have to have the newest of everything. Uh, you just need a will and a, and find a way you can search it on, on YouTube and find all kinds of ideas and options. Um, this also works if you have an older TV, you can use an even an old version of Apple TV, connect it to the television, and then connect to an iPad or your phone or whatever. And it doesn't take the newest of stuff you can find old versions of Apple TVs on any kind of anything from eBay to Facebook yeah. Marketplace. Uh, you name it, you can find it. You can find, uh, in fact, I bought an iPad Pro about a year and a half ago, and I bought it on Amazon, and they call it renewed, but it's also considered refurbished, and it works with an Apple Pencil 1. And it was about $350. So you don't have to, you can do something cheap and still make it work. You still make it connect. If you want to work on your uh, laptop, you know, you just need an HDMI cable. Yeah. It might take yeah. a connector. I mean, so part of the reason I did the, the gig, so I, I mean, I don't do every brand deal that comes my way because I, oh, I think it was awesome. It, or it's just not cool, but like, I have a Promethean board in my room and um, that I got it. So this is so funny. This is that's a paperweight right now. It is. Some of the things that I say on the internet, I'm really glad that my school doesn't watch this, but um, <laughs> so they got them in, in the summer. I was up at my school in the summer, like uh, two years ago or something. Mm -hmm. And they had given them out to all the classrooms, but they had one left and nobody was claiming it. And so I kept asking and the tech guy was like, do you want it? Like, he's like, just put it up in your room. Then they can't, they, no one's going to take it out of there. And I was like, oh, all right. So I just went to the hardware store. I bought all the stuff that I needed to put it up. And then I just mounted that thing to my wall. And then when the beginning of the year came, they were like, oh, you got a Promethean board? I'm like, yeah, just, uh, you know, there's apparently it was the extra one. So I just put it on my wall. So, but it's so, it, it's not intuitive. It's It was so right. hard to use. We used it literally to just plug into, to watch videos. And I would use it to um, for Fruit Ninja. We would play the game Fruit Ninja during lunch, and that was it. Like because it was, I could not figure out how to do it, and the training was so expensive. So the reason, part of the reason I did this one was, it's really not that expensive because it's not a computer. It's a, um, it is essentially a whiteboard. Like you connect your device yeah, to a screen monitor, screen and all that stuff. But it only has like three menus on it, and it's like, do you want to connect your TV, your phone? A USB or something else on the bottom. It's like, here's, um, do you want to paint, draw, or connect your computer? And then there's like one other thing that is like a, a little bit more in the weeds, but it's so much more intuitive. And so that's what I, so for those of you that don't know, I did a deal with Samsung and, uh, which is a really big deal for us. Like that was like a huge brand yeah. and it was super exciting. And then 
now I have this ridiculous 85 inch monitor in my living room that is, I'll tell you what, my kids are loving playing. I mean, my son's, son's playing Fortnite, Fortnite in there right, right now, now, and it looks like he's playing Fortnite in a movie theater. It's like they're it's, it's, it became life size all of a sudden. Love it. We are the hit of the neighborhood at the moment, but that's why part of the reason I did it was because I had the Promethean board for two years. I still can't figure out anything, and to even have someone come into your school and train you, I forget how much it was, but it's some astronomical price that my school was like. Yeah, we're not paying that. So, so we just got something right. that nobody knows how to use, but we don't pay for the training for it. And the, li- the life on a Promethean board is eight years. Really? After eight years, they won't even bother with you. There aren't updates. They don't. They don't fix them. They don't do anything with them. Wow, and Samsung has so much even for the future for like. Oh, this is like yeah. level one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this was. Well, I sent your video link to a friend of mine who's with a relatively new charter school in Birmingham. And they've given this IT director, a friend of mine, like $200,000. They only go up to fourth grade. Yeah. And they want to be the, they want to have the the latest and greatest of everything because it will last longer. And I said, you got to see this. So, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I, it's, there's, like I said, there's reasons that I back certain things and then there's other gigs that come along. And even if it's good money, I'm just like, mm, I don't know if I would use that. Like, yeah. Yeah. But awesome. Chris, it's, it's nice to talk to you and, and see it. Usually I feel Living like, like uh, just voice. Yes. I put my widescreen t- uh, camera on and everything. So you could get me all in here. Are you at school or is this home? No, this is at home. This is my office at home. Oh, nice. But, uh, hey, don't you, uh, I heard somewhere, don't you have a book? I don't know if you heard about this, but I have a book. Uh, oh, other side. <laughs> it's called Teach Your Class Off, The Real Rap Guide to Teaching. And it's available now on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Everybody drink. There you go. <laughs> All hey, right, man. I'll talk I'll, to you again. I'll take care of yourself. We'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Peace. Love it. Oh man, who's up, buddy? All right, our next question is coming from our good friend Piano Boy. Piano Boy, my buddy. Question for Reynolds and everyone else: What does success mean to you, given the environment COVID has placed on us as educators? I love this question so much. The other day, we're having a conversation um, at school, and I'm going to just say that we're trying so. The, conver- the, the the word from on high is um, what do we do to like, how do we help students be successful this year? And so this is kind of a dumb question, but like ultimately, like it seems like a silly question, but the question was posed like, well, what are we considering success this year? And so, because it seems like success is getting kids to pass this year to not have an overwhelming failing rate of students this year. And that doesn't mean we are being rigorous or pushing students or we are trying to make the lesson engaging. It just means, can we just get kids to pass for the year? We will create all the makeup work, all the extra credit. We will allow kids to hand in anything they want, like from any time in the year. It's like, which is an enormous amount of work on, on teachers, but it just made me think like, well, what is, what is success this year? I think this is 
you know, it depends on your school, right? Like, it's just, I'd like, it, I think the hope in the beginning of all this was that we were realizing that the school model was broken and that we could um, maybe dream up some new ways to engage students because there's kids that are winning on, on a huge scale from, from virtual learning. There are some students that I have that are just like that were had F's last year. We went to virtual learning in March and then they had A's by the end of the year. They just love it because there's, there aren't any distractions because they can, some of the work they can do when they want that, that kind of freedom is good for them. I have other students that it's awful for that just are terrible do, or not. They're not terrible. They're doing terrible. And it's, a, it's a real struggle. So, you know, I think for me this year, it is the success is coming from helping kids navigate this the best that they can to get through to next year. And that is not usually my go-to, but these aren't usual times that if I can, I feel like that first, oh, I think it was like the opening scene from the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie where Jack Sparrow is like sailing on the boat that's like slowly going down. And then when he right before he gets to the dock, he like steps off the top of the mast onto the dock. That's what my year feels like. And I want students to not be crushed by the year. I want them to learn a bit. I want them to read a little bit, to write a little bit, to creatively think a little bit and to be challenged a little bit. But that's it. This is not like going to the gym and we're going all in. We're doing like PS90 or whatever the hell that program's called. We're getting after it. This is like, dude, can you do like, can you do some push-ups every day? Can you like take a walk? Can we uh can we eat a little bit healthy? Like eat an egg, bro. Like instead of, you know, a bagel. Um, it's just moving the needle a little bit to try and help us get to a place where next year, hopefully, because clearly this whole virtual thing is just a total disaster um in in a lot of ways i won't say in every way like it, like there are people that are winning with this but i mean folks i know that are some of the most creative engaging teachers that i've ever met are really struggling with virtual learning that no one's paying attention so that's i'm just thinking like how do we just keep going and protect our students social emotional well-being while teaching them a little bit of stuff so that we can get to the next space i think that's the move right now Awesome. Which rails against everything I would typically believe. Like good enough is never good enough. Um, cool. Catherine Metcalf is next. She's asking, I teach in North Carolina and we were supposed to stay virtual for the whole year. The state legislature is making all schools go back. How can teachers and students deal with this change? Um, that's such a good question. I. What's the answer? Question. What's the answer to that? I mean, my answer is because when you have teachers that need this, like it's their it's their livelihood, it, yeah. right? And so, so to me, I'd say I'm not going back to protest or any school, of that. I've said stuff that out like loud, fair, it's like, but yep. What do you do when you have a family? What do you do when you live like there aren't? Someone asked in the group the other day about savings, and it was a really interesting conversation. I loved reading all the comments because. Yeah, teachers can't, they don't even make enough to save. So how can they go and like protest something that they believe like that's happening? And thankful for, I think, some unions. That's a good thing for some that yeah. I see that's helping. Um, like Philadelphia School District, their public school district, uh, the union got involved and, 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 and it was awesome. So they didn't end up going back. No. Like there were some really great fair points. I know some people. Well, I don't so know if people love unions. unions my friend, that, my friend Yonk had to go back to school 
and Yank, um, she's in a charter school, school, uh, but it's, there's like a, it's like a series of charter schools. Yank goes back and they, cause they wanted the kids back in the building. They first day they go back, it's 29 degrees outside, but they were told that the doors had to be open to the rooms and the windows had to be open to create better ventilation because they don't have the ventilation in the buildings to be able to handle it. And to me, it's like, look, I realize that there's money that there's not money for this. I realize that like people are just going to get sick. But the problem I have is that when I've been to schools that are in our area or like not too far from my, my school that we partner with, um, they have buildings that can handle this sort of thing, that there is room for social distancing. Like it's just a different animal. I think it should re- somehow be based on what kind of school, like can your school in a healthy way handle this? And if it cannot, then you shouldn't be doing it. Um, the, uh, the only other thing I'd say is it is trying to be mindful. And like, if I had to go back, if I like didn't have another income, if I, if this, if there was no other way around it and, and like feeding my children became like, you know, that, that was like going to be taken away, that ability to feed my children would be taken away. I think that I would really talk to my staff. I would talk to like the, the other people. Like, so if you believe in your admin, you know, of course they're co- part of the conversation. If you don't believe in your admin, talking to teachers about how are we going to do this? What are best practices? It's talking to students about, Hey, look, wearing masks and washing your hands and wiping things down. Isn't a just nice to have, like what we're doing is looking out for one another on a level that is really unprecedented because some folks might be, you know, raised by folks with a, with compromised immune systems. Some folks might live with their grandparents. Some folks, folks might live with someone that has cancer. And so they can't bring this stuff home. I mean, I remember when my mom had cancer, we were dirty hippies, uh, the not so secret yeah. wife and I, we used to like not wear, wash our jeans for like a couple like a month, <laughs> like, like not bathe for a week. It was all right. Like you just leave them in the van and go surfing and stuff like that. Um, but I remember my stepdad saying like, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Like you have to like, make sure you're clean because mom's immune system is low. And yeah. that like, and that's why I say like the people that are making these decisions, it's like, dude, I know you can't account for everything, but it's hard. It's I, I just think the bottom line is it's, if you can, if you believe in your admin, if you have Dave Dunsavage from our Facebook group as your vice principal, bro, go talk to your admin. But I think teachers need to take um, a role, come together, have these conversations and figure out you know, how, like, all right, the meeting's over. What are we really doing to protect ourselves and our students this year? Um, and then have that conversation and then do what you think is right to, to protect yourselves. I wasn't paying attention. I was doing Oh, well, I was paying attention mm-hmm. because I was the one talking. Um, do you want me to take that down? Yes. I got you, buddy. Uh, oh, wait. Where's the thing? Sometimes it just doesn't, sometimes doesn't show up. Sometimes it just doesn't show up. Um, you have another question for me? Um, I, or is that it? Is that all the questions? We're just doing three? No. I got it. Hold on. All right. No, I can wait. It's been a while since there I've seen Um. I'm not sure this person's name. I think it might be. I think it might be Michelle. Um, okay. She's asking when we need to do a reset of our fifth graders. The dynamic between my co-teachers and I are vastly different. How does one become more strict to meet the expectations of 
of the one teacher who is very strict, we have decided we have to meet closer to her level of strict rather than trying to change her. Did I read that clear enough for you? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, man. I would really love to have... Go ahead. What are you no, saying? No, no, no. Keep going. You, are you whispering? No, right I'm now? not. I'm not. All I'm right. talking to myself. I, I just think that that is so interesting um i don't i i don't know if i have a good answer for this um and here's why i think that so hold on oh co-teacher and i have a gosh this is dead air here's why because i just think that like i've had co-teachers that I've had a lot of co-teachers. Like I've had like seven or eight co-teachers in the in as many years. Some something really close to that. I've had, I've had multiple years. Where I've had two. Like someone lasts till Christmas and then they leave. I had one woman that lasted a day and then she split. Um, what it did to her, Celine, if you're out there. Um, but they, you know, oh. we didn't vibe. What's the matter? I messed. I skipped Stephanie's show. Okay. Uh, so Stephanie, you're, I see you're in the waiting room. Um, all right. So here's, here's, here's why I have a hard time with this, right? Let's, let's get this out of the way. I don't know that changing is, is the move. I think it is combining forces and bringing what you do best to the table. You can't change someone else. You can't make them less strict, but I can't be less un like, I'm still strict, but I'm just not, I'm just not like teachery about it like it's like i you know i i just i know teachers that are like that that like um don't like it's like there's no talking and you'll say what i do and it's this kind of authoritative piece this like dictator vibe and it's just not what i do i just i can't i can't do it um and i i and at this point i won't do it so even if i went to a new school and i was put with a teacher that was very strict and i felt like i was the new person and what should i do I think it comes down to having the conversation with someone to like, we have to, can we talk about figuring out a way that we can both um, cohabitate this place? How can we work together? And so it's not like one becoming more like someone else just to like, because they aren't able to change. It's like, no, how do we, how do you become more accepting of some of the things that I do? Um, and let's talk about the why behind our strictness, right? Like I get it. Like um, my, one of my best friends, probably probably one of my best friends, definitely one of maybe the best friend that I ever worked with um, was my friend Cho. And Cho is uh, vastly different from me. I'm a six, one white dude. Cho's like a five, four Asian woman. Uh, and she comes from, and she, I mean, she'll tell you this, that it's because of her immigrant upraising from her immigrant parents that she is like, so hard, no, no nonsense. She doesn't play. It's like, get to class, do your thing, stop talking, get to work. And kids listen to her, man. And then I'm on the other side, Captain Jackass, um, with no sleeves on in the hallway because I think it's funny. Or, you know, Cho eats with chopsticks, so I get chopsticks that have little hands on the end of them and stuff. Like, this is how we roll. And she and I get along famously, but it is not because we do things the same. It's she knows who I am. She knows that what I'm doing is effective because – but here, because the, the idea is this, we're both, both trying to get to the same place. We want students to succeed. We realize the things that are, that are, that 
pollute education, that pollute our school. We realize things that are that are getting in the way of our students finding success. And then we meet those needs. We just do it differently. And, and I think that that is okay. And it's actually good for students to see that two people can actually teach together, can work together, can get along together. Um, they're so different. And the kids think it's hilarious all the time that like that Joe and I were such good friends are like, you, you bang with Joe. And I'm like, dude, Joe comes over my house all the time. Like we, we go out together, like we're really good friends. Um, and that is just like a, a thing that exists that is funny to me. Um, so I think it's about having those conversations about like, where's the strictness come from? Why is it important? What are we trying to, what do we want the students to, like, ultimately, do we want them to do homework? Because there's a lot of different ways to coerce children into doing homework rather than just yelling at them or just being hardcore. So I think it comes down to that conversation piece. And then with some things, just like with being married, like I have, and this is the last thing I'll say about this because I'm going on long. Um, it is some things are just not what I do, right? Um, but it's like for you, I do them. Some things my wife, she rolls her eyes at, she thinks it's ridiculous. Um, last night I had put on giant winter gloves. Um, so I'm always afraid my dog's gonna bite my hands. I was playing Eye of the Tiger. Well, let's be truthful. You're just really sensitive. Your hands are sensitive and you don't want to get sensitive hands. <laughs> sensitive dude. Um, no sleeves on my shirt, gloves on. I was calling my boxing gloves. I was playing Eye of the Tiger and I was fighting the dog and dancing in the living room, but by myself, nobody else was doing this with me. It's just me and the dog. And I know that my wife thinks that I'm <laughs> ridiculous idiots when I do this stuff, but you know, but it's that back and forth. It is the way we parent our children, the way that we teach our kids. Like it's, it can be different. Um, so that's what I would do is make sure that you're having that conversation and, and yeah. So I hope that helps. That's a hard answer. It's a hard thing. Well, it's not an easy question. There's no right answer for it. You know, like I, at least I think, I think it's a balance. Like you, yeah. Everybody's it's figuring that out, how to coexist somewhere and not be the yep. same exact person. Yeah. All right. Let's go to Stephanie because she has been waiting for Stephanie a long time. Stephanie Shook has been waiting for a while. And here she is. Three, two, one. Bam. Hi, guys. Stephanie, how are Hi. you? I'm good. Thanks. Sorry my wife overlooked you. No, uh, no, 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 no. She explained. It's totally fine. <laughs> I will be here as long as she needs me to. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Um, she gets it. Stephanie, where are you that. from? Again, where Virginia are you, Beach. you from? Virginia Beach? Yeah. Is it cold there? It's cold for us. We're, we're kind of on that line of like upper 30s. Um, and with that giant snowstorm that's coming around, we have this nice pocket at the Chesapeake Bay where we get mostly just rain. So... Man, I was talking to someone from Alberta yesterday and two days ago, um, and Cole Hatchard, who's in here sometimes, and Cole was saying, he's like, yeah, they just called school today because it was too cold. And I'm like, oh, man, like, how cold was it? He goes, yeah, whenever it gets to, like, minus 40, they just call school. And I was like, what? Holy crap. I'm like, bro, my body wouldn't work anymore. Like, I would just be, like, frozen in time. I would hibernate in under. Yeah. No, my husband's a, a long-haul truck driver, and he was in Chicago this past week, and he sent me a picture of his dash, and it was negative 20 where he was. I was like, uh, no, thanks. I'll keep my 30-something. I'm good. No, so Cole did say, though, that somewhere around, like, he said like 10 degrees. He's like, it's all the same after that. Like it doesn't, it you literally doesn't feel colder. Cause you, I guess you just don't feel yourself. I, yeah. You're, you're just like, at that point. <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, are we working? So yeah. 
Um, um, what do you want to talk about, Steph? All right. So uh, as a as a reminder for people who, who aren't familiar with me, I'm a first year uh, career switcher teacher, grad student. And then since my husband's a long haul truck driver, more or less acting single parent to three kids. Um, my biggest thing right now is that I want feedback more from you guys on how to reflect on my teaching, whether it's the skills, the relationships with students, that lesson did or didn't go very well. How, when, what kind of things do you do to kind of force yourself to do that? Because I know I'm not doing it nearly enough and I want to be better for the kids. Um, but I'm just I'm trying to find time to fit it all in. Does that yep. make sense? Nope, I get it. So I think that um, there's a, there's a couple of things I would suggest. One is whenever you like have a chance to just write on, um, like your lesson plans or like wherever you keep notes. Right. So I use a lot of these, like, uh, I have a whole bunch of them right here. These field note notebooks that I just carry around with me keep in my pocket. I have ones for different things. So I have like one for school. I use one for church. I use one for, um, business stuff. And so that's where everything goes. It's not always about, I, I rarely go back and read them, but it's the process of writing it down that sort of like helps me to get it out. I don't feel like I have to hold on to it or I have to remember it now. Um, and it just sort of commits it to memory sometimes in, in weird ways. So that's one. Two is uh, asking your students how things are going. Like I think depending on the kind of class you have, sometimes giving like surveys that say, Hey, how's your year going? Um, are you, what's the, your favorite thing we did this year? What's something you don't like about class? What's something, um, and that could be the whole school year. You don't have to do it just about your class. It could be about a number of classes, but that sometimes gives you insight where, you know, the kid that's kind of a jerk is still going to give you the kind of jerky answer. But I think what it does is um, it creates space for kids to answer quietly and sometimes anonymously. So if they are not really prone to telling you whether they like class or not it gives them a space to do that and that can work to your benefit because you see ways that you're not doing so well but it also it gives you insight into things you are doing well so similar to this a friend of mine does this thing in school every year where um she has the kids write letters to their to their teachers and say like what's something that you like about their class what's something they did this year that you really appreciated and sometimes I get letters from kids that I'm like, yo, I thought that kid hated me. I thought they hated my class. And instead, I am seeing like, no, like you, wow, I didn't know you thought it was funny. I didn't know you liked that lesson. I didn't know you liked when we did independent reading because you had quiet time. I didn't know that you liked standing in the back of the room instead of sitting in the desk. Like it just provides that insight. The other thing is I do a uh, thing every morning when I wake up where uh, I think about – so. Part of my process, um, and this is before my kids get up, like I get up at five, I, lately I've been back on this on this tip where I get up at five in the morning because um, that's the only time that's quiet in my house. Every other time is like mild madness. So it is sitting in the quiet and then writing down like, what am I grateful for? What went really, and then what went really well yesterday? And then what's something I wish I'd done differently yesterday? And that can be as long of a list as I want. It could be, did I snap on a student? Did I yell at my kids? Was I not as patient? Did I get frustrated in the car? Um, yesterday, I was really tense. Like I could feel all my shoulders and in my neck. And I was like, just, that was my reflection this morning. I was like, I wish I like I had such a great day yesterday. And I wish that I just was not as tense when I was going through it. So 
I think that those little things over time really benefit you. I don't know that I no longer look at almost anything as an event. It's a process. It's not like, okay, I figured it all out. Now I can just implement these changes. I'm crushing it for the end of the year. It's what are these little things I can do every day. And then it's manageable too. Like, so I use something called the five minute journal. I'm not affiliated with them in any way, but like, um, five minute journal is just that it's like a journal that you do for five minutes a day. And that really helps me too. Cause it's, everybody has five minutes. I mean, like even, even parents, there's like five minutes where like, I hope my kids are brushing their teeth. I'm not really sure if they're doing it or not. And I have to smell breath when they come downstairs, but, um, but I can do that while they're doing that. So I can fit that in and it's easier. No, I appreciate that. And and thank you for relating it to events. Um, as a as coming from a theater background, uh that that's huge in my mind still. So yeah, we're we're setting up and performing and doing the event and then we gotta break it all down. So everything is, you know, start and stop. Whereas I'm finding that this is a spectrum, it's it's ongoing and you're like, okay, well, we did that la that lesson last term and here's the things that went really well. Yeah. But this didn't go quite so well, so let's tweak it. And then these kids, you know, have a better understanding of it this time around. Um, apparently, uh, I was blessed with the struggle students. Um, I teach inclusion, um, but we have four by four terms this year for the first time. So we just swapped terms and my team teachers. So we have English and science together and math and social studies together. Mm -hmm. The math and social studies teachers are like, this is what they gave you as your first encounter with teaching. Yeah. I'm going to be an alcoholic by the time the summer hits. Yeah. I was like, well, if it makes you feel better, I didn't know any different. Like, yeah, I knew they were a struggle, yeah. but I, I didn't have anything to compare it to. Now I have an advanced core and an advanced gifted class. And I'm like, wow. All right. So this is completely different. But I still got to step up my game because what took them a week to do, we did in two days. So I'm like, okay, gotta gotta change my thinking a little bit, gotta get more in depth and all that. So that's why I'm asking about the reflection piece. It's like, yes, I know that these are are things that have to happen. These are things that went well and not so well. Um, but how do I adapt myself to make it better for them? You know? Yeah, it's carving out that time, and I'd say. Look, I get the kids every year that that no one wants. Um, I just decide to love it. Like, I just decide that, like, this is, like, and here's why. Because those students gifted and those kids that are, like, like really low-level reading or math skills or whatever mm -hmm. have never fit in the school. That's why they are the way that they are, right? That, that's why they lash out. That's why they have behavioral issues. That's, like, because they haven't fit the mold for so long. And to me, that's, like, it's just being honest with dudes like, look, I know why you can't like you can't read, bro. You're on second grade reading level. And we're in ninth grade and I'm not even going to shame you about it. I just want to note it. Let's be real about it. And then let's get you to where you need to be. And then helping them figure out their why reverse it, like reverse engineer that. And then that helps because then kids feel seen. Then they, it's like, look, let's try and do something different than everybody else is doing because we're not the same class. And for your gifted kids, too, like we're not going to do stuff that's the same like you know but it's but i think that's where a lot of those behavior issues come from is because those kids have had to, they everyone's tried to fit them into the mold of regular school and it's like bro no this doesn't this doesn't work um yeah i'm finding that my class is not fitting the mold either no uh, i go to my plc meetings you guys have seen me in the chat 
um, yeah. in my PLC meetings and I'm like, hey, I want to do this. And they're like, no, no, I don't think so. I think we're going to just do this. And I'm like, that's so boring. Why are we doing that? That's not going to engage the kids. Nope. If I'm bored teaching it, the kids are going to be bored learning it. So yeah. I yeah. am a pain in the ass because they've been told their whole lives and they're just like, I'm smarter than this. Why, why are we doing, why are we reading this textbook right now? Why are we doing this? Like, can we get up and move? Can we go somewhere? Can we do something? Can we like engage? Yeah. yeah. Can we like differentiate this a little bit? Yeah. Um, but differentiation looks like, I mean, look at schools, look how they differentiate menus in lunch, right? Like, especially in poor schools, like our lunch is so sad and it's like, that's a vegetable. And it's like, that's not a vest. That's a, that is a yellow green bean, bro. And it's not even one of the yellow ones you grow. It's like, it's just yellow because it's been sitting in the can for so long. It's just, it's like, you can't get the menu right. I'm not going to listen to you about how to implement education. And then you just, you just slowly but surely start doing like your first year to take your time, but you can start in, you can start sprinkling the magic on those lessons. Um, look, best to you, Stephanie. I hope that it, it goes well. Um, and I think that it's carving out that time intentionally that will really help you to identify what you need to work on and then kind of dream, like go big with what you're, what you're thinking about. I appreciate it. Thank All right. You. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Uh, cool. What you got, dude? All right. Our next question is coming from Kristen. Um, she's asking, what do you do if you are finding out that your professional teaching beliefs are not aligned with your school slash principles? Also, <laughs> how do you deal with a negative observation? All right. So this is such a great question. Uh, I think it's Kirsten too. Oh, sorry. Just saying. You know. uh, I I was going to make a joke, but it was dumb, uh, as usual. Um, Kirsten, I think that this is, I would say, for most of us in here, this is is our life. This is why we're all here. This is why it's Sunday afternoon um, when Monday's a national holiday and we're all in here because we were like, yeah, we know, like, this is what we deal with. Um, so I, you know, here's, here's the thing. The, I think there's a couple of things here. Growing up, I was a weird dude, right? I'm still a weird dude. Um, and I remember talking to a friend of mine and we were talking about this idea that we were growing up, we were both like, just really happy. And, um, even though like both like dealt with a lot of trauma, like, you know, having my father die when I was just four years old. And then my mom getting remarried to someone that was kind of, kind of a pickle. Um, and even through that, I just was always like, wanted to put on the show. I was always like on 11. I was always like moving and shaking and dancing and singing and doing stuff and like being extra. And right. This is a lot to change, right? Uh, (laughs) not so much, but when you're like that as a kid, I see this in my kids now. My tendency when my son's on 11 and we're, so we're sliding. Let me, I'm going to break it down like this, Kirsten. We're sliding the other day and my son's 13 and all the other 13 year olds are like super cool. They got, you know, their hair's like a certain way. And my son has the hair like that too. And they're like, they're just like, it's all, they're constantly looking around, engaging the situation so they can, so they can pivot their coolness to be, to fit into what's going on. And I see this, I see this on my students too. My son, like many of my students, like many of my friends, just could give zero thought to this. He's just like doing his own thing. He's laughing real loud. He's carrying on. He's like 
tumbling down the, the hill. He's going down backwards, he's jumping on his friends and going down. They're just being total jackasses with zero radar to what anybody else thinks. And my inclination is always go, bro, you got to dial it down, bro. Like, but that's what people told me when I was growing up was to dial it down. And instead of dialing it down, I think you just become more comfortable with who you are. Like, know that, you know, it's only weird that you're the crazy cat lady if you're weird about it. But if you just like cats, then have all the cats and all the food, just pick up the poop in your yard. But it's like, it is leaning into that thing that you are, but you don't, I think that one of the traps that I see folks do though, when they lean into who they are, when they become more fully who they are, instead of what somebody else wants them to become, is they kind of become, you can become snobby or like jerky about that. Where like the kids I grew up with, all like my punk rock friends and stuff and like kids I would go to shows with, kids I had like, that would, the thing was to just make yourself feel better. You had to put down everyone else. Oh, yo, my man over here has got the same shirt everybody else does. Like no one knows this band that I'm rocking. No one has a mohawk that's purple. Um, nobody is driving a car like this. Um, it, it was pitting yourself against everyone else to be better. And I'm not saying you're doing that, I'm speculating, but I just think that that's a trap. So I know that I am very different than a lot of teachers in my school and some in some ways better, in some ways worse, uh, but that it is being inclusive. We're doing something awesome. Why don't you come to my room and come check it out? We have a DJ coming in today. We're going out to paint manhole covers and make t-shirts out of it. We're going to um, the uh, escape room to talk about leadership. So we're going to take this class trip to an escape room. Like, why don't you come with us? Like, why don't you meet us up? Meet up with us? Like, we're going, whatever you're doing, you're bringing people into your awesome. And I think that's one way to combat people disliking what you're doing. Teaching is a very jealous profession a lot of times where te teachers, everyone wants to be the one, but I want to be the, I want to be like the party like to go to. I want to be the group that shows up um, and not the one. And so it's bringing people into your awesome so that you're, you know, the Avengers and not Thor uh, just sitting by himself on Asgard, which is a weird name for a planet because um, it sounds like Asgard. But anyway, um, and you think like that because I teach ninth grade, so I think Asgard. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. Um, so that's that's one. The second piece is um, how do you deal with negative observations? I think you lean into them. Hey, uh, thank you so much. First of all, for coming into my observate to observe me the other day. Really appreciate you taking the time. This is even if you don't like the person, you don't like anything that they said. You're it, you're it's completely um, aggravating, and you say, look, but you said these couple of things, and I just want to. Um, ask about like, so could you dial this up for me? Like, could you maybe explain this a bit? Like, what could this look like? So I want to be able to make sure that I'm being the, te the best teacher that I can be. And, and if you're the one observing me, like, let's dissect some of this, let's break it down. I don't think most people can do that. I don't think most people want to do that. And it might give you a little bit more insight into what they're thinking, but what it's also going to do is show that you're on offense. You're not on defense. You're going to lean into it, right? You're going to run. You're going to, it's like, it's almost like, no, it's terrible. That was a terrible metaphor. I'm not going to use it. Um, that was terrible. It was about kidnapping. Um, so like the, uh, I think that asking the questions shows that you're a willing participant and that you want to grow and change and learn. Um, so let's do that. Let's get after it. Let's, can we schedule a time to break down my observation? Cause I want to learn how to be a better teacher. I think that that shows people that it puts them less on the defense. And then the next time they come in, 
it's asking, hey, look, here's how I addressed the thing last time. Look for this. And then also, I want you to, if you could, I'm going to try these new things. I'm going to try this situation over here. Can you tell me how I can do a better job? Or tell me if you think it works or whatever, so that they have something. So like you're not just being observed and they're just speculating the whole time. It's like, here's some very clear, here's two to three things I want you to look at to tell me if I'm doing a good job or not. What you got? Well, Summer Tate looks like she put a question on the link and wanted to come live, but she's not in our uh, podcast oh. studio. So I can just read her question. Well, she let's knows. do one more and see if some, Summer there Tate. Is, there is no more. Oh, it's February. It's February. Nobody's hanging out with All us. Right, so let me, can, before we get to Summer Tate's question, I want to just, I want to just rock something real quick. Um, my buddy, Al, and if you, if, I don't know if you have the second to pull up the link for this, for Alex's John. Oh, um, yeah. my buddy. So I, one of the things, so real rap with Reynolds, right? This is like a, a, become a very, very big idea. And I have a lot of plans going forward. Some of them are for this year, some of them are in the next five years, some of them are in the next 10 years. One of the things we'd love to do and get into the space of is helping teachers um, to make money from their craft. And what that can look like is, is many, many different things. But um, this idea that teachers have to leave school where they're a professional and go work some part-time job, nights, stocking shelves, driving Uber, working at Amazon, unless you like that sort of thing, um, bartending is like, it's just it sucks to me because you're just not making the money that you could make. However, um, there are a lot of people in the world that have figured it out, right? Like have a YouTube channel, have social media presence, have, um, you're doing TPT, you are mentoring or tutoring folks. You're, um, working with even, you know, you don't even have to be an entrepreneur. You can be what, uh, some of my friends refer to, I don't know if this is a global thing, an entrepreneur, right? So you're working for something like Dada ABC or VIP kids or, that other site that Alex put us on to for like homeschool, there's like a site for homeschool kids and you can make good money doing that. Um, but how do you let people know who you are? How do you create that business? So my friend, Alex Kajitani, are you putting that? Did you put it in there? Um, my friend, Alex Kajitani is, has a conference coming up that is here. It is education speaker summit that is trying to, it's some of us are speaking. So I'm speaking at this, uh, but this isn't paid. I'm not, I, chose not to make any money from this event. Um, they are trying to create a space where teachers can figure out ways how to, to take the teaching craft that they have that like, if you're really great at it and then um, what they're saying is get more gigs, sell more books, expand your influence. And I just think that it's such a good idea uh, that I wish existed five years ago. Now I've had the pleasure of working with Alex Kajitani for years now and just knowing him and he's a resource to me, you know, really whenever I need it. Um, it's really just for like teachers who are hustlers that are like in this yeah. world. So that, but whether you're selling swag or you're right, it's for any you know, level from like authors to speakers to people who just have like a, want to grow their, their, reach on social media, right? Yep. It's a way to connect. It's a way to grow that. It's a way to help each other because it shouldn't be secrets, right? That I think that often happens yeah. in this space too. It's like people hold on to what has worked for them and they don't really want to share that. And and this is kind of doing the opposite. This is yeah. all about like, if you're serious, so it does cost money to go to it, but if you're serious and and want to grow I something would, i would pay for this event yeah oh this is even gonna be... when we were broke yes because i do. think that is 
it's like Ray from Teach Better is going to be there. Dave Burgess is going to be there. Who's the publisher of my book, Real Rap with Reynolds. Uh, teach your class off. Real Rap Guide Teaching. With so um, many other people that we don't even know yet that it will be exciting. But I'm stoked to like, that I'm like, yeah. oh, what are you doing? How are you getting down? How are you, how you winning? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, so I just think that that's a cool thing. All right, what's Summer's, Summer Tate's question? Okay, Summer Tate. She is saying, it's a long one, so forgive me if I... Do it. Do it, girl. Um, during advisory class, we have an SEL lesson. Character... Sh I don't know why it says character strong. Um, that my eighth graders are really struggling with. They are feeling really down, even depressed, insecure, and hopeless. They were supposed to change I can't statements into I can learn statements, and we're not, and we're not having it. And who can blame them? I'm also struggling with depression. It's very sad for me to hear 14-year-olds say things like things will never be better, and I, and I can never be beautiful. Any advice for helping students' emotional well-being? They are sick of toxic positivity, and I think just need to vent and have their feelings validated. I have never in my life heard the term toxic positivity, I don't really but I immediately know, know what, what I mean. Means. Hell yeah. That's okay. those people that like, you know, when you're like feeling like crap and you go and talk to a friend, we have friends like this and they're like, oh, I know. come on, yeah, yeah. look, Jen, we'll be better. Mm -hmm. Things will get better, mm -hmm. right? This isn't going to last forever. It'll be, okay. It'll be all right. Yeah. Um, okay, but they don't give you any actual action steps as to how to make that happen. I like many people, and I mean, look, if you watch me on YouTube, you probably wouldn't know this because I don't, I, I mean, I, I've talked about it, but like not to any extent that, um, you know, depression is something that I deal with depression and thinking about things. So let me paint this real clear picture uh, that it is something that sometimes I wonder, not in a suicidal way, but we were just having this conversation yesterday. We're like, in the last two years, I lost a grandma about six months later, your dad died six months later, your brother died. Then, um, my cousin just died. And who else did we lose? Uh, his father-in-law. So you're oh like, yeah. Your my, cousin lost both her husband yeah, and her father. Yeah. And so, and then there have been students that have lost in there too. Then that COVID all, everything on top COVID, of just the world riots, black lives matter, like all the stuff, right. Um, is been so hard that it's like, what are we even, what do we do? Why are we working so hard? What are we doing this for? Like this shit is, it's just the worst. So how do you win? How do you grow? How do you live in the midst of that stuff? I believe so much that it is, it is being intentional about your thoughts your feelings and with your time and what that looks like for me. So currently here's one way that I've switched things up. Um, and I, I do talk about this in the book, but I, but it is something that is like since COVID and I've said this before, like when COVID hit, I was treating like a snow day. It was like, let's eat cookie dough out of the container, the pre-made stuff from Toll House. And we're drinking beers at noon. Like we're just, we're just, this is how life is rolling right now. We're teaching asynchronously. Um, I could just, I was having fun with it and it was, it was great. And then it was like, Oh no, like I, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I'm starting, like the, the physical effects were really getting on me. The idea that I don't know when this is going to end, like all, all those same feelings were, were there too. Recently I've switched back to getting up early in the morning. So I get up at 5am 
um, I immediately exercise, which is something I've never done in my life is immediately exercise, immediately exercise instead of exercising later. And then I do a couple of things like remembering why I'm doing anything that I'm doing. Right. And that has been huge. Right. So just this morning, I was thinking of all the stuff I have to do and it became really daunting. It was like, there's like housework that I need to do. There's professional responsibilities. I need to take care of for school. There's stuff that um, I need to do for real rap with Reynolds and for brand, like the Samsung video I put out yesterday. I have to have another one out by but ready for them by Wednesday, but that's a huge deal. So I'm like trying to get new equipment to film it and not, nobody had it. And it's like all this overwhelming stuff, all that to be said, I just choose to, in that time in the morning when it's early before anyone's awake, before the world is even moving, uh, especially in New Jersey this time of year when it's frozen, it is, I, it is thinking about and being grateful for the things I can be grateful for. It is, is one, right? That feeling and like really feeling it in your heart, like really like not just being grateful for my dog or my kids or my wife or the chair that I'm sitting in, but like really feeling it, like thinking about like, damn, like I really love my kids. I'd really do anything for them. Um, the fact that, you know, I get to do all this stuff. I get, to, I get to have the tools to fix the things in my house. I get to have the parts that are just sitting by all the things that are broken that need to be fixed. It's like, Hey, there's a receptacle for the burnout receptacle just sits by the receptacle because I got to fix it. But it's like another thing I got to do. I get to do that. I get to live in this house. I get to teach and have a job that I feel is meaningful. Um, not all the time. Sometimes it's a pain in the ass, but I do. Um, that I get to have brand deals to do stuff with. That I get to do this YouTube channel. That I get to like all the things that I get to have laundry. And I have to wash it. But like, damn, like we get to have laundry and we have detergent. We're not broke like we were when I first started teaching and I was like, shit, yo, do we have any deter All right, just wash these clothes because we only have enough left for two loads. Uh, two loads. Um, it is, I, I get to have this stuff. So I think if I'm dealing with students, there's two things I'm having kids remember. One is I want them to know they can just talk about it. We say this all the time on this channel, but what is mentionable is manageable giving students safe spaces to talk about and explore and express who they are, what they're thinking about, what they're thinking or what they're feeling is so important. When we do that, we are giving kids one of the greatest gifts in the world. And that is our attention that you don't have to have anything back to say to it. You don't have to say the right thing or do right the right thing afterwards. You're just creating a safe space for kids to, to talk about that sort of thing is a really big deal and talk and even telling kids like, this is a big deal that you're sharing stuff that I'm honored that you would even do that. Um, but creating that space. The other thing is having, I think when you know why you're doing something right. Our pastor talked about this morning. Are you hungry for what you want? So if someone asks, um, Hey, do you, do you want to eat? Do you, are you hungry? Or are you just like, I can eat. I can eat. And that to me, when he said that this morning, um, it, that hit me so hard that I just wanted to pause the, his talk and just think about that for a minute and sit with that because it's like, are you hungry? And, but if you can't be hungry, if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, that I want to teach the, the excitement, the enthusiasm for teaching comes out of a space where I want kids to win. And sometimes I'm good at that. And sometimes I'm not good at that, that my creating a YouTube channel 
is a lot, a lot of work that nobody knows about. They don't know how many hours I spent on doing this or, or all the time and the equipment and the time away from my family and like the expense that it costs, all that stuff. But it is when I remember why I'm doing what I'm doing, it becomes not just easier, but it is like, a, it is like, it is pouring gasoline on the fire. And so having your students think about what they're grateful for, giving them space to talk about things. And then I think um, having them remember why they're doing, why are we showing up? Why am I going to school? Is it just to pass? Is it just to go to college? Is it because I want to be successful? Whatever the hell that means. It is getting dialed in on some real stuff, trying to support my mom, trying to take care of my grandma, trying to be rich because I'm tired of being poor because it grew up that way. Tired of, um, because I want to be able to serve my community in this particular way. Like what is the why that you have is when you know that it makes everything else. Um, it is like nothing gets in your way. There's nothing that gets in your way because you're hungry. And I think that that's important. Yeah. And I just think that's so interesting. I think that people don't talk to kids about that enough. Like even just, I think social and emotional, like I don't know. I am always surprised. I've had a few people tell me in our lives that like they're, they love how we talk to our children and how we handle like each scenario with like social and emotional. And yeah. that's really important to me because I don't know. I don't, my parents didn't do that with yeah. me. Not that that was, I'm all right, you know, but who couldn't learn more about like emotional health and how to handle emotions and those big emotions. And someone mentioned on here also in the comment section, like teenagers and young people just feel things like on a super, like a yeah. greater level. They're like, anybody was like yeah. Romeo and Juliet, anyone like truth. Yeah. Um, yeah, they do. They just feel, I know like our kids, their emotional state is so erratic one, because they're just growing and growing, going through so much, but two, they just don't know how to manage emotions. And I no. just don't think we talk about that enough when we talk about educating and development of children. It's like, no, that goes hand in hand. Yeah. And it's, it's just becoming all COVID is doing is, is showing that the lack, I think it's it, because there's well, it's amplifying right. those feelings too, I mean, right? Where it's yeah, like, but I think all that stuff was there before. Just it was easy to pretend, right? It was easy to like kind of everybody could go along and ignore things yeah. until these pops happen where like you have school shootings and it's like, yeah, well, we're not, you know, dealing with social and emotional well being. Like on many uh, school shootings is one level, but like there's many, many sure. areas that that comes out on. And I just think for me, Social and emotional is like development in my children is one of the number one things that I want to yeah. cultivate and spend time in because I think it impacts everything. Yeah. And it's I, really and along with that, letting kids know, I got you. Yeah. That like this is the place that's safe for you. This is the place where I will listen to you. Like I've got you. And there's other teachers that will got you too. Like that. Remember when I would talk to students, it was like, I'm not the only one. Like if I'm not here, I don't want your life to fall apart. But it's like, go to Cho, go to Yonk, go to Fines, go to Flounders. Like, these are the people that are in our community that are going to help you to be all that you can be. And I think that, that that support, it's like a blanket for kids, right? It lets them know that, like, you're covered, man. Someone's got you. You're not in this alone. So, yeah. A yeah. Um, couple of just quick little questions. Cool. Uh, Danielle is asking, do you feel like it would be worth it for me to look um, at teaching if she's not already, I'm still in school. Uh, yes. I, I mean, Depends. 
no, I, I look, I think I, I believe that teaching is calling. Um, and whether or not you're like a God person or not, it is like, is it something you feel pulled to do, led to do? Like, this is like what you've been given to do. If that's it, I'm teaching no matter what. Like, like I'm teaching if it's COVID, I'm teaching if it's hybrid. I might not like it as much. It might be kind of a pain in the ass. Um, but I also think, man, if you're going to get a job, this is the time to get a job because like people are quitting left and right. Like, like something like 60% of the staff from our school is different this year. People left in mass. And this year, I don't, there's no sign it's gonna be any different because it's hard, man. People are like breaking down. And I think part of that is is the self-care, is the self like, and self-care isn't just like um, it's not just like it that sounds like uh letting yourself have a drink after school, letting yourself have some wine or some extra Netflix time or something like that. No, it's like building a better individual. So if we're building ourselves to be stronger and to be able to handle these things in incremental ways, right? This isn't like, it's not an event. It's a process. Like I said, um, I think we can, we can handle more. And, uh, but I just think, yeah, I, I, if you feel like teaching is what you're supposed to do, show up. You don't know what's going to happen. Like we could be back in school next year and everything's normal again. Like I have no idea. That's a great answer. If that was her question, I <laughs> just, Edie just informed me. He's uh, I think the question is regarding the, the summit that Alex is, oh. is hosting the education speaker summit. <laughs> but no, I think that's regardless a great answer, but I, my answer right. is also, so do you yes. feel like it would be worth it for me to look at if I'm not teaching it? Uh, it depends. So look, I mean, I know people that are, um, first year teachers that are uh that start youtube channels that start making tpt products that are influencer influencers that's such a weird word to use um but I mean, that's what we're doing uh so if you feel like that's a move that you can do I, I just think personal development should never be put off i just think that it's so crucial and impactful and important um that these are ways that you're investing in yourself it's not just like a, uh, it's not just a, a nice to have that I think like when I think about things like massages, um, they're important, right? Like getting a massage is important. Like it's a, it's, it is an investment in yourself that, you know, one of my new things that we've been talking about is going away once a month, um, overnight somewhere, maybe that's to a hotel or Airbnb or just going out for the day by myself, but like having that time away from the madness of my house and my life and just like, that seems like a nice to have, but it's not, it's an investment in yourself. It's like, you know, good food and quality Everybody's sleep and stuff like that. Is different though, right? Like, sure. Yeah. But, and I have dialed in to some degree for myself, but like, um, yeah, I think this is a great thing to go. If you're, if this is where you eventually want, to, I will say a, a way to now, Alex Kajitani is no nonsense. He is, he is zero interest in schmoozing people. And like, it is like, when we talked about this, he's like, no, this is like real practical tips. Like when he, so I'm speaking at this event. Um, and he was like, I want it to be super practical that people can like literally leave. And it's like, here's five to 10 to 15 things that like I can execute immediately and see an impact on what I'm doing. And I, I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can answer this one and said, is it worth it to be an art teacher? What are your thoughts on curriculum art? education yeah i it's the same answer Where's that i gave green? before she but i would say 
Art teachers are, yeah, I know, Laura Green's over in Facebook land. Um, <laughs> I think, yes, I just think the arts are so important. And it is something that, like, when we get rid of it, like, if, again, it's not a nice to have. Like, mute, like, I wouldn't be the person I am today if I didn't have music. I didn't fit into regular school. I didn't fit into, I sucked at sports. My dad was the coach and I played right field, like, all alone. Oh, anybody? I used to, here's what I used to do in baseball. I would stand in the outfield. I would put dandelions between my feet and I would jump in the air and pull them out of the ground because I had nothing else to do. And my mom was so embarrassed of me. Um, so it is, I think that is absolutely important to, to do that. Now the, the thing is finding a job, but I think that there's always jobs available if teaching is really what you want to do. Um, and yeah. But, and I think the, the, the bigger answer is you can't always just come in for the curriculum. Like if the curriculum is okay, it's like you have influence as who you are and what you bring to the table as, as a teacher to change the curriculum or shift it, sprinkle magic, as you would say, yeah. and those sort of things to make it. Well, that's especially if you teach in schools, nobody else wants to teach it. Like part yeah. of the reason I get it, it's so funny when people on social, they'll see my classroom and they think that I teach at some bougie private school and they're like oh look at these kids in uniforms and look at that classroom he teaches at private school i'm like nah bro i teach <laughs> in the hood in west philly um and it's because of all the turnover it's because no one wants to stay there that i get away with basically basically everything i've never had i've never been told no is the bottom line Marlene had a great question i don't see it so we're just gonna go to the little google sheet thing she's saying cool. um she's asking do you have a good story when you try to help out or explain valentine's day to any of your male classes or students wait give me a good like what do you tell your oh, male what I, teachers about or students about valentine's day so my students always ask if i celebrate valentine's day and i think valentine's day has such a it is a dark history if you look it up it's like about rape and murder basically um <laughs> I can tell when we were story. kids when we were younger we used to no, I love Valentine's Day, I, and I wanted to celebrate it, and I tried to force CJ to celebrate Look, Valentine's Day with me. My hippie punk rock roots would not allow and me goes, to do something what? so he mainstream. Goes, you want me to celebrate right? rape and murder day? Like, 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 like Look it up. Out. It's dark, and, man. Okay, fair enough. It's it is. But, but I get it. I get why people do it. I was just, it was just too corporate for me. Wasn't doing it. Wasn't going out on New Year's Eve because it's for beginners. Let's party on a random Thursday in March. That's what we're doing. Um, but now I realize, no, it is, it is like when you love someone, right? Like if when dudes are just like, yo, I'm not doing this. It's like a, it's a Hallmark holiday. No, you know what it is? It's important to the person that you love. So that's why you show up and do it. One, Man, that's why I tell people, that years I no, no one told me, babe. Right? Now, be thankful. And then, what do I always give you on whenever there's a any kind of holiday or gift? What do I never buy? Flowers? No, dude. What do I always oh. make you? Oh, a card. I make cards. I only ever make my own cards. I tell That's kids. the card. For, are you going to get it? Yeah. For Valentine's Day, I tell my guys, never buy a card. Never use somebody else's word. Like, you bought words. Like, go make a card, bro. Get a piece of construction paper and a couple of markers. Draw something on it. Even if it sucks, it is. it shows I love you so much that I made this for you. Um, so here's this year's card. Um, happy Valentine's <laughs> with a heart on. This is really blurry. Our camera's really blurry this week. Oh, I think it's dirty. I think Brody touches it too much. Um, and then I'll have to show you what I wrote inside. But, uh. Yeah, and then I just write stuff, weird stuff. So do you I'm actually have an answer to To Jenna from your hot-ass husband. Um, 
Yeah. So I, that's what I tell them. Oh, you answered. Make a card and get them yeah. something because they're important and because they want to celebrate Valentine's Day. And don't make them feel bad about it. Um, Some yeah. love. Kara was asking, it is important for me to find the right school environment and management for me to thrive as well as my why to serve the kids. I am finding this very challenging and I am I am a third, I am my third year teaching at my second school. Any advice? Yeah. So I didn't used to think that. So, you know, I'm one of these guys that like, look, I grew up and I saw the same movies everybody else did. And I read all the same stuff like um, that everyone else did. And it was like, no, I want to be like, you know, it was that savior complex with that white savior complex or, or. I mean, for me, because I'm white, but like that savior complex in general, where I wanted to go teach at the school where no one else wanted to teach at and then be the one, right? This is like, I'm going let, to, let's, that's why we call this real wrapping around. So let's be real honest. That was my mindset. Then I get there and I realize, oh, no, there's a lot of people here doing great stuff. Like, this is like a party of awesome. Um, I think what it comes down to, and I thought that like the more legit teachers taught in the hood. We taught at, part, at Title One schools. We don't have supplies. We don't have like the electricity cuts out sometimes, and sometimes the plumbing from the bathroom floods into your your classroom. That was what I dealt with. We're like you taught in water sometimes. Um, now I just think it's so stupid. It's like it's such a dumb idea because all kids need good teachers, and it's more about where you're going to fit into to make this the right symbiotic relationship. That you know. Um, if I think about some, like some musician, if I think about some of my favorite drummers of all time, I don't know that they would have been famous if they were in another band. I don't know if Neil Peart was, was as famous if he was in the Ramones. I just don't think that it would work. And I don't think that if, um, you know, any, like if you swap those things, I think it has to be this perfect balance where like, if you're in a school that you can align yourself with, that you feel good about the people, um, it's the right amount of challenge for you. It is the right amount of, of care for you. Like people are looking out for you. Like it's this thing where you just show up and you know that it's right. And even though I teach somewhere right now that it can be very, very difficult because of safety of students and, and the lack of resources and all the other stuff. It is knowing that when I walked in the door and meeting the folks that worked at my school in West Philly, it was like, Oh no, this is like a hundred percent where I need to be. This is the jam. And when I worked in Camden, it was the same way. My year before I left Camden was one of my favorite years I've ever taught in my life, man. We had so much fun in the best possible way, like growing and challenging students, uh, inspiring one another, like partying together, like, like in the office, like having Thanksgiving day. And I talk about, you know, this is all stuff that if you've read the book, you heard, but like, it's, it is so exciting to be in a place where you're just like, no, this is it. Instead of a place where you feel like it's such a drag. Um, that living in that magic is, is remarkable. So yeah, I think it's important. That's my short answer. <laughs> we done? Uh, if you want to be, there's always a couple more. Uh, oh, we can do a couple more. Let's go. I don't want to hold everyone up though. Cause the team. I know. Is so here. if you're on the team and you need to peace out, I feel like feel free. Yes. Um, Brianna is asking, I was planning to become a teacher, but seeing some of the things added to curriculum and values that have shifted in education as far as some of the things being taught, I have become, I have started to doubt uh, whether I should make the career change to education. I'm going to be real honest with you. I wasn't really listening to you because oh, I was fixing the uh, camera. Can you read it one more time? Come on. I'm sorry. I, really, I wanted to be honest. 
Okay. I was planning, the life of I was planning to become a teacher, but seeing some of the things added to curriculum and values that have shifted in education, as far as some of the things being taught, I have, I have started to doubt whether I should make the career change to education. Anyway, that's a really great question. I think it depends on where you're going to teach. Um, I see a lot of oh, people that have hard time with, you know, if you believe in creation, the uh, the creation story over like evolution, um, folks have a real hard time with that. Like, look at is it Utah right now where they're trying to like get blood. Uh, Black History Month. Get rid of Black History Month. What? I did yeah. not hear that. That's. I think I. Th I, I don't want to diss Utah, but I think it's some, that's happening somewhere. Shivy was talking about it the other day on Instagram. I didn't. I just think that. like, okay. if you're look, if you're anti-Black History, like maybe you that this is your jam. I don't know, but like if that's like, if you're black and or if, or if you care about kids knowing. Real black, not just like Martin Luther King Jr. and Rosa Parks, and like th those are important um, figures in history. But like to know, there's so much there to really dive in to do that work to help students to be anti-racist. Um, maybe you don't want to teach in that state. I, I like I, I could see that affecting me. I think that it's always. Um, it's always about infiltration, man. It is about getting in there and being a positive change for good that we don't look at the systems and, and protocols and lessons and curriculum and then decide whether we're going to do something. It's, is this where I've been given to go? And then I'm going to go and do it to the best of my ability and try to bring about change, try and live a life that is, um, that I'm showing my students that like, no, this isn't all right. This is part of the reason I became a teacher because I don't see enough inclusion in the classroom. I don't see enough. Um, there are not enough kids being taught books, stories, lessons, given examples in, in tests and things that are, that they can see themselves in. So it's about, I think as my friend Peter uh, has, uh, what is Peter's thing? Is it a pod, his podcast uh, disrupt education, which if I was, I always say that's my favorite name for you. something man if i if we didn't go real rapid runs i would a hundred percent go disrupt education if we would have uh, because, started a youtube channel with the idea that it was going to be teaching then sure yeah we would and, have thought differently. and let, let me say this i don't say that like to try and come off like a jerk um i think it is that sort of righteous anger that you get where you see the inequities you see the unjust things that are happening in education and so when you see that stuff it is your duty I think as a human being to step up and try and change some of those things. So should you not be a teacher because you don't like some of the things that you're seeing? No, go and be the teacher that you're called to be. Go and be the teacher that you always needed. Go and be the teacher that you dreamt about being and then show up and do that. And I think suffer the slings and arrows of that situation. Um, and look, I, I say that with a, with a real level of, of privilege, um, you know, you know, as much as I can understand, like both being white and being a male, having secondary income. Like I realize that this isn't like my, it's like my kids' lives aren't on the line sometimes anymore when I really push. I mean, it is like if I lost my teaching job, I, I, I can't just live off of everything else I'm doing yet. But, um, but I realize I have other options. Uh, but I think that still, still, I think the job of educators is to show up and care for students to be the, the teachers that they need. Um, that, I think that's the, that's the jam. Absolutely.
Um, okay, Eric is asking, what jobs are there in school other than teaching? I love being around kids, but I can't handle the stress of being a full-time teacher at this point in yeah. my life. Uh, you could be a para. So you would be like in-class support. Um, where to my knowledge, like I don't know any paras that have to plan anything. Um, you are a support figure in the classroom. You could be a tutor. You could be an in-school tutor. You could be a substitute. But I don't. that's maybe something that somebody else um, – can speak to because I I did that once and then I hated it. Uh, it is it was not my jam. Um, so I think that it's uh, did I just take that question down? No, I just put that one up. Oh, okay. I was gonna say. Um, so I it is those are the two that come to mind. Um, this is a really good time to, to mention that Eric. What I would do is even if you're just thinking about this, even if you're not in education yet. Um, our Facebook group, Real Rapid Reynolds Teacher Talk, is a really great place to talk about this. And I, I make no money off of this, um, so it's not like a paid jam or something like that. Um, but if you go to this bit right there, uh, the the Facebook group, this is a really great place that you can drop that question in there, and you're going to get like 30 to 70 answers on it that people are going to help you out. Um, it is a group of people like us teachers that are trying to be teachers were called to be, and it is giving people a safe space to ask things and to empower one another and really help like raise each other up. So that's why I, I think that is a really great place to get those answers to. Uh, John Lopez has um, one question that you can end on. This All right, one. cool. John Lopez, my boy, John Lopez sends me uh, packages in the mail and they're really kind. He writes really great letters that are really well, um, he used, does calligraphy. They're beautiful. And then I'm not going to show all the stuff with John Lopez on blast. But I'll tell you one of the things that John Lopez sends me that is, is bad. <laughs> he sends me candy that Tons of candy. I end up God. eating all this stuff. We and eat it late at night. Which is we the do. Worst. It's like, it'll be like midnight. And I'm like, Yo, what is this? What is this? Mike said, John Lopez. Where's the lemon heads John Lopez sent? Um, End up eating the other night I'm on a meeting with eating with Edie and I'm like she's eating a candy cane and I'm sucking on it was like late at night and I was sucking on lemon heads she's eating a candy cane and we're both like in each other um, I can't apologize we were like it's all right well like, eating our candy from John Lopez, John Lopez. thanks John anyway he is asking do you think that Samsung uh would give away any of those monitors to teachers now that was so cool. look I I someone asked me that yesterday in the comment section, and I've really been thinking about it. I have um, a meeting with them next week, and it's something that I would love to ask to see because uh, I don't like when you're a gazillion near company, um, and even if you made people jump through some hoops, like I never do this stuff on my social, but like when folks are like, "Hey, want to win this?" Um, do then this do this and then tweet this and then tag this and then send it to a friend and then send us proof. It's like, uh, no, I'd rather just do that. Um, so that's, that's the thing. Uh, so hopefully better. maybe like we would love to, yeah. let's, we could present that to them and really see if it's an option. Let me make Edie and Jenna really mad right now. Here's what I'm going to do. Speaking of giving things away for free, oh my if you put in the comment section right now that you would like a free signed book from me, just put it in there and I will pick two people at random and I'll send those books out. Well, not today because it's Sunday and, and tomorrow's present day. So the post office is closed those CDs. I'll send it out on Tuesday. Um, and I'm just picking them randomly. You don't have to put them in the system and 
twirl the things around. But uh, if you're interested in a free book, just go ahead and leave it in the comment section. Even if you already have the book, you could give it to somebody else that you want it to go to. Um, but, oh, snap. Here's the problem. I don't have everyone's address. Uh, well. Let me do this. Yeah, see? This is why you have to think things this out. Is, this Edie's, is why Edie is... Right now, Edie's right going, now. oh, what is he doing? I know. <laughs> is Edie on here? She is. Edie, can we have people sign up for the newsletter and then I can pick two people? Let's figure out. Let's have this logistical conversation right now. And then we can pick mm -hmm. people from there. Edie's like, she'll figure it out. We got it. Just go ahead. Put your, put your, if you want one, we'll figure it out. They're going to just put it in the comment section right now mm -hmm. during the live feed. Mm -hmm. All right. So if you get this, if you watch this later, sorry, we'll do something else maybe another time. This but, was for the people who hung in there yeah. all the way an hour so and a half. Or two books minutes. signed by me. Put it in the, uh, in the comment section if you want free books. Um, and I'll send them to you. Uh, otherwise, I have a book available. It's called. Teacher class off now available on uh, everywhere that. Sorry, I know. Look, I made this great ad and everything, because um, I'm a dork. So that's it, gang. Um, anything else? No. No. Gang, it is a hard time of year. It's friggin' freezing cold here in New Jersey right now. It's like friggin' nine degrees outside. One outside today. Everything has ice all over it. And I realize that it is a depressing time of the year. I think that it is the time of the year where you take seriously caring for yourself get yourself a massage like um get up early and and dream um it it is it, putting investing in yourself is going to allow you to create that overflow like i said for everybody else around you um and then that's how you really care for the world uh, i think mother Teresa said if everybody swept their own front porch the whole world would be clean um and i just love that idea so it's it's i think that that's a that's a good place to end um that's it everybody Thank you for showing up and uh and sign up for the newsletter if you haven't already sign up for the newsletter the if you haven't already. Gonna come out. it's going to come out soon um and the, i felt good about the first one did you mm -hmm. if you could oh, not that. record it with the camera from the computer i'll do a better job this it time it doesn't look as good you got it let's end on that who got these sour Mike and no. I oh, really yeah, i'm gonna go eat them now too all right everybody happy valentine's day Peace.